All right, Jonathan, welcome back to another one. Rory, how's things? Yeah, I'm all good. What about right. you? Yeah, good, good, buddy. Yeah, all yeah. well. Felt the shit morning. I woke up with a horrendous sore throat, but it seems to have uh, seems to have yeah. it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I woke I woke up this morning as a mechanic. I swapped the swapped the day job for a mechanic. So <laughs> changing tires, yeah. Changing <laughs> tires, changing wheels. Been back and forth across the country. Had to go to uni in between. Jesus, don't start my bus. But you know what? You haven't missed a, a bad day. I mean, nothing. I've missed absolutely nothing. Unless you wanted to take a bit of a short dollar or something, you've missed nothing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we had the same last Monday, just a dead, dead day. Mm-hmm. Then we obviously seen huge, huge market moves. And after that, but it, you know, like I've said it to you, I mean, we might as well start with the dollar. Um, but I said to you last week that after that big move, it's it's kind of let the dust settle and, and let's see where the big money moves because there's no real, there's no, there's nothing that we can take from, any information to kind of understand where the market's going to move from here in terms of Dixie, right? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, look, you know, we we can, I mean, 103 is in sight. I said to you just before the podcast, you know, is, is 102, is 100, you know, you know, where is the next? And, and I suppose the difference was when we saw that price, you know, back from what, July, um, really taking off all the way up to 107, we, we could read that. And, you know, we, 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 we you know, I'm, I'm never shy and kind of giving my opinion right wrong or, or anything else it's just an opinion at the end of the day but you know there was there was reasoning for that kind of um that that continued uptrend and, and it was brilliant and we rode it all the way up but obviously we we understand the reason for for, for the downfall in, in the in the dixie due to obviously the fed coming out and um saying they're not gonna they're not gonna look for any further interest rates but uh you know what else is there to to to, to really kind of give us more information as to why we're going to see that continuation to the downside. And that's why it's kind of like, well, let's see what the big money does. Let's see, you know, look, like you said, I mean, people have taken their money into to riskier assets. I mean, we'll, we'll go through it maybe later, but, mm-hmm. you know, stocks are, are rallying, you know, and, and dollars tanking. And really there's nothing else you can take from it other than, you know, remain bearish until until otherwise, you know, that can I. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not sure if you listened to Bloomberg. Um earlier this morning there was a guy on there was a fund manager from New York and he was talking about how a lot of money's moving into IT and how the IT sector still, you know, vastly outperforming this year. And you know, they still continue to think that IT is going to outperform in the next couple of years. And I mean you're probably just seeing a lot of money moving into that, especially when yields are up at five percent. A lot of people are moving money into yields at five percent now that yields are back down to four and a half. You know, that sort of um you know, it's only half a percent, but a lot of people are still risking seeing that as a risk on appetite and moving money into equities. I think one of the important things you I look at is, you know, in terms of interest rates, you know, we know the correlation between implied interest rates and and, and the dollar. You know, and I'm just looking here at the you know 31st of January 2024 at the um at the FOMC meeting. So you know how we always say, well, there's a 50% probability of them hiking this much and this is priced in. Well, you know, if we go back one month ago, there was a 26% um probability that the Fed were actually going to be between 550 and 575. So that's a 25% um you know increase to rates. Whereas now that probability is only down to 2%. Yeah. You know, so there's a huge change there between what people thought a month ago and what people thought now. And you know, if we pull back onto the Dixie, you know, look at this time last month, you know, what did we now? Uh 20th of November, if we go back to the 20th of October, you know, that's the time we were breaking up towards that 106. 
kind of level and you can really see how that's affected in the market so as that implied rate keeps getting cut the dixie keeps just dropping and and that's really where it's looking for you know i mean if you were looking at that um at the fed watch they or looking at the um at the forward projections and if you started to see that two percent for 550 to 575 if that started creeping back up then the dixie would then start to follow it so i mean this is just a leading indicator itself of of where the dollar could go and i think it's one of the main things you know really to look at and with that then that takes a lot of money um you know back into bonds and obviously when we see bonds rise we see yields fall and then we just see a lot of money going into risk assets and i think that's just what's leading at the minute i mean soft landings really being priced in at the moment yeah, sure. And look, we always see, but well, we generally see, you know, a, a movement in stocks around this time of the year anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I've got a lot of friends in the banking industry and so on and, you know, risk desks and so on. And, you know, that this this was all kind of expected somewhat of a, of a of a rally in some stocks. But again, it's just even more so on the back of, you know, that dollar weakness, people just looking for for higher yields. Um, look, I mean, looking at, I suppose, look at some of the crosses. Again, I'd love to, go through in more detail but right now there's 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 not like i mean a lot of prices sitting around them kind of resistance levels nothing really to help break anything there's no you know again we've got a quiet week ahead really economically there's a few you know, bits and pieces of data coming out but mm-hmm. nothing to give us huge indicators in terms of you know longer term direction other than you know like i say the dollar weakness and further potential upside for euro dollar pound look we're seeing highs of you know nine ten week highs euro dollar pound dollar you know five week lows you know dollar yen we took a couple of trades on dollar yen somewhere around that kind of you know that 150 level 151 level mm-hmm. um again now price has really fallen down to that kind of 148 level now but i'm still not massively bearish uh dollar yen um and like you know, I've just done a market update there on on the app. But you know, as much as I'd love to see a sell here opportunity, I, I just don't. Just you know, based on Japan's economic you know data, it's not good. I mean, we're still seeing you know contractions, uh, and and obviously issues within obviously slowing global demand and and rising domestic inflation. So you know, it, it's high as much as we you know the, the charts are telling us that you know, there's, there's yeah, fairly yeah. downside here. Fundamentally, is there? Yeah, well, I mean, that's you know, that's one of the things we're seeing in Japan, you know, as well at the moment is you know, the sort of inflation over there as well. You know, and if Japan do look to rise, you know, look to raise interest rates, that's going to support USD JPY shorts. You know, I mean, we're seeing weak dollar. We could potentially see a stronger yen. You know, I don't see any reason, you know, why we couldn't see this break one forty eight and and you know potentially move lower. And again, you know, one of the other kind of pairs that you know I've been looking at today, and kind of across the last few days, really. It's it's maybe not I don't know how open it is to retail traders with um smaller accounts, but definitely sort of the boys with the bigger accounts, it's it's definitely there for and that's um US dollar Norwegian crone, so USD N O K. And obviously uh, one of Norway's biggest ex- exports is oil, you know, a huge producer of oil. So um price of the currency is fairly related to oil, and then we see USD. So now that we're seeing oil prices rally off the back of sort of OPEC news that we were hearing over the weekend, which we'll get to in a minute, we're seeing a stronger um, Norwegian kroon. And then we're also seeing the weakness in the US dollar. So good short positions are available there, kind of on USD and OK. And that's something, you know, that I've been looking at just driving down. I think it's definitely going to be open for boys to say with big accounts. So there is always that kind of, um, you know, when there isn't volatility in the markets, you do kind of get it in these pairs. But again, I do just reiterate it that it's not maybe for everybody's account size, but you know, nevertheless, it is there. What about dollar CAD? I mean, dollar CAD isn't really moving um much today, as you'd think. I mean, it's only up 0.10%. You'd think it's up, you know, a hell of a lot. Um, or you'd think, sorry, it's down 
a lot more than what it is, but we're just seeing that kind of resistance around that 137.500. I mean, I think we did have some um, CAD news coming out. Is it tomorrow yet? So we've inflation data as well in Canada coming out tomorrow, inflation, uh, new housing price, things like that. So that's probably going to be where all the eyes are on um, USD CAD. Just something as well, I think I've shared it in the app, I'm not sure, but there's a, there's a bit of a trend line there in USD CAD, kind of ranging back from the lows of July. If you pull it up on your screen there, you'll see it. Lows of July, we see the bottoms of September, and then the kind of bottoms now, and we can just see the price is really stuck to that um, pretty much throughout, and just in that linear um, sort of path. So we could see USD CAD even uh, making further upside there. So let's just see what it, um, what it makes in the next couple of weeks. At 138.50 kind of level, kind of, uh, eyeing them kind of levels anyway. I'm again mm -hmm. that that's 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 where I'm looking at. And again, I'm if I if we get a small bit kind of if we if we do see a slight uh, fall off back to around that kind of one thirty seven level, I'd be certainly looking for for buys anyway. Yeah, so especially given the news, you know, especially what we're hearing around OPEC as well. But you know, we'll get to that in a wee minute. Absolutely, I suppose it's just a good segue really going into oil. Um, you know, it's 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 the one market that's really really moving at the moment um yeah. you know, maybe you could talk us through a bit more on that yeah i mean wti up 2.7 percent you know um brent up 2.6 percent we're now finally back you know strongly into the high 70s up there at 78 here uh, was wti breaking above that 200 ma so if we do see a close there that could open up you know a bit of upside but i think ultimately we need to get really above that 80 dollars a barrel you know we've seen some news coming out very late friday night was it friday or saturday morning i, I can't remember the weekend the weekends are the weekends are a blur to me it just goes monday thursday friday Saturday, sunday you know it's just <laughs> one day you put it up in the app actually on friday yeah. uh late friday um the the news yeah that's right yeah i did so I saw that i mean just you know hopefully they took advantage of that as well we've seen the, the rally since and and I mean, you know, really what we've seen coming out of it, if you go back onto the chart here, give you know, kind of Friday, um, you know, markets actually didn't open all that high on Sunday night, you know, yeah. so there was a really good opportunity to get involved in, in that today. You know, it's not as if markets gapped up and, and just continued yeah. going. So there was a really good opportunity. I mean, we've seen from, well, I how many times did I say, it? You know, let's get back to the start. How many times did I say that if we see anything about OPEC, oil will rally. And we didn't see anything about OPEC. And, you know, I ultimately admitted about, was it last week, two weeks ago, I think, that, you know, I kind of give up on it. And now I'm going to be short in oil. And here's the reasons why. And, and and the short oil trade played off really well. It worked out great, you know, taking it from 80 all the way down to near 72. That's brilliant. But now as we're starting to see OPEC potentially coming up and maybe even setting, um, setting a floor at $80, that floor could be anywhere between 80 and $100. That's now a reason to be long oil. Well, maybe not to be long oil exclusively, but certainly not to be short oil and certainly not to be turning your nose up in any, at any long positions. So I think definitely short positions here have to be exercised precautions. Long speculative positions probably are going to heavily be favoured here. And we're just going to be keeping an eye out for any um, any news around that supply cut because we know that OPEC are looking out, you know, uh, what's happening in China, what's happening in the US. And they're thinking, well, there, there might be a bit of demand destruction here. So we maybe need to look at, at tightening supplies here, especially at prices at those levels. It's not going to be favorable to the exporting countries. Absolutely. And look, once we see that rise above 80, then we, you know, we're into that bullish territory. Do you know, yeah. it's, we're bucking yeah. it out trend again and we're, you know, we're starting to see some positivity around it. So certainly I think 80 level is, is, is key. 
Yeah, I mean, exactly. I see we've seen that support there kind of around 72. If you have it on a daily chart kind of zoomed out, you'll yeah. see there in around that May period where we just couldn't break above that 72 to 75 period, came back down to 60, but we're now back up at, at that kind of um, ceiling, which is now turning into a floor. You know, find the support probably now, as you say, going to move back up to around that 80. So keep an eye on what dollar's doing, keep an eye on what OPEC's doing, what global demand's doing. And, you know, as well, remember what we said on, on last week's podcast on Friday about... Um, about Maersk, how they're seeing demand starting to drop off and things like that. OPEC as well are probably looking into that, seeing demand starting to drop off, and that's why they're now starting to come in with the price with the um, supply cuts. Something in their interest, obviously. Yep. So looking at gold, um, we spoke about gold briefly as well on the last podcast. I think I was saying, you know, once it gets above that 2000 level, I'm certainly looking for a short. It didn't quite get there, so I've missed that trade. It, it actually sold off around that kind of 1990, 1991 level. Um uh, all the way down to kind of support around just above 1965. So, and it's, 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 you know, it, gold is just gold, <laughs> you know, that kind of way. And, and, and if you, if you are a gold trader, you'd understand what I mean by that. It's just, you know, I, I just, we, we've seen this kind of prices within this trend since May, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. Uh, we've seen trade really range. We, we saw a breakout of that range around September, but, you know, realistically, it's just back into that range again. You know, it's, yeah, look, it's it's what I've said all along. Two thousands overpriced, eighteen hundreds too cheap. It's always just going to come back down to that nineteen hundred. And because we have that, let's say, a bit of a risk appetite in the market right now, and there's a lot of um, you know, there's liquidity in the market. There's a lot of participation in the market. If nineteen hundred is going to be a fair value, you're probably expecting to see a trade, you know, above that fair value. Because I think all the the majority of gold traders. Um, anyway, who are retail traders are usually speculative traders, and they usually like to fear for that that long position. So we're probably going to see it right, you know, um, steady above nineteen hundred. But again, I just don't think the volumes are going to be there to ever take it above two thousand. And if it does get above two thousand, that's usually when you start to see the um the heavy hitters coming in looking for a sell, yeah. you know. And then, as I say, when it goes to eighteen hundred, that's usually again when you see the heavy hitters coming in. You know, the likes of the central banks and governments buying in bulk supply, looking to buy quite a lot. Um, that's usually when they come in. So. I just think for now, pretty much directness. And as I said, Jonathan, look, if the weakness, if the weakness in dollar that we're seeing at the minute can't send gold above two thousand, I don't know what will. I think we're going to need a World War Three. And if that happens, I think that's the least of our worries about what the fuck gold is doing. You know? <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah. So, um, have a quick look at indices. U.S. indices, yeah. uh, obviously, Nasdaq trading at a nice level at the moment. Uh, just below kind of sixteen. Uh, you know. Again, it's 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 that level now. You know, it, it it's tried and failed at that level back in July. We're now back at that level again. You know, are we going to see a, a breach at that level? We've actually covered some of some of this last week. Um, looking for 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 potential buys. You know, again, what what do you see from here? Do you think there's you know we can breach this finally and we can kind of start chasing up towards that kind of sixteen fifty level? Look, there, there might be no reason why not. I mean, as we said at the start, in terms of what interest rates are doing in the US, implied rates are moving lower, people are starting to price in cuts. Um, so, sort of removing what I said in the previous podcast in terms, it's not, I'm not removing it because I don't think it anymore, but removing it in terms of just trying to think of this in absolute value. We said that interest rates were priced in to be cut, you know, cut this time in sort of spring, but that's just been constantly pushed back. But instead of thinking in next summer, our interest rate cuts going to be continually pushed back, which I think is going to be the case. If markets are implying that rates are going to be cut next spring uh, as early as that, then yes, there's no reason why I don't see NASDAQ continuing uh, this sort of rally up to 16,000 and maybe even up towards that sort of 16,400 and 16,800. 
I mean, we could we could see these all time highs getting getting broke again. So that's I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like we haven't seen this kind of level since what two years now. Yeah. You know? Look, there's there's a lot of optimism in the market, and I think you know I shared it on the app uh, on Friday, I believe. I looked, I shared the S and P 500 earnings, and um, basically how all companies. It's kind of an aggregate of how all the companies have performed in their earnings, and I'll just get it up um, right now, so we can kind of see um, over the years. So Q three twenty twenty three had just under eighty percent of companies actually beat earnings, and if we go back to Q two, um, that was under that was seventy eight, and we have to go back to Q one twenty twenty two to see more than eighty percent of companies actually beating earnings. And Q one twenty twenty two was great. I mean, that was the reopening phase. That was when earnings were revised so much lower, and we were seeing the reopening phase and everything else. So earnings were going to be great. And apart from that, you know, it was nearly pre COVID times before we actually seen that. So. Why are we seeing earnings at eighty percent? You know, why are we seeing 80 percent of companies beating earnings? Well, that's you know that's quite bullish for stocks. That's quite um, a risk on appetite. But you have to ask why we're seeing it, and it's because earnings have been revised so much lower. I mean, one of the examples I give is is of one of the companies that I was looking at. Um, for Q three twenty twenty three, their earnings were projected to be four dollars um, earnings per share in August, and that was revised all the way down uh, to two dollars thirty five in the day before their earnings they then came out and announced that they beat earnings by 265 so that went into the kitchen that went into the blue tick here and that was put down as a beat even though the earnings were revised down you know by around like about 40 percent so i don't count it as a beat but the market counts it as a beat and that's why we're seeing this sort of risk on appetite and again to get back to the start of the question it's no reason why nasdaq can't continue higher fundamentally should it probably not but it will it'll do what it wants it to do Sure. And in terms of European indices? I, I, I still think, I, I still want to be short on them. However, I just don't think it's the time. I personally don't think, given what's happening in the market and personally where price is, you know, we're, we're kind of a, I'm going to call it the second highest ever price on NASDAQ because, you know, we, we kind of called the first highest price around that November, December 2021. That was the all-time high. And then if we look there, sort of July 2023, that was the second all-time high. So we're just coming up above that. So we're kind of at the second all-time high. Is it a good time to buy indices? For the long term, maybe if you want, but I, I seriously don't think it is. I think there should there should be and could be a better time. So I would exercise that with caution. Sure. I mean, we're seeing the European indices going to charge further than, than the UK indices. What's your what's your main what, what do you think the main reason behind that is? Um, main reason is quite simple. You know, if we look at the UK 100 here, which is the FTSE, so DAX is up quite strong. UK 100 FTSE is just moving sideways. I mean, a lot of companies in the FTSE are actually oil and energy companies. And then obviously with oil prices, the energy companies not doing too well as of late. That's pretty much, and oil prices decline. And that's pretty much why we're seeing that sort of, um, that sideways movement from it. I mean, we've seen it all along from the FTSE. I mean, FTSE's moved sideways all year and hasn't done a thing. And that's really due to the nature of the buildup of the companies that are there. We also seen the higher inflation rates really going through the UK as well. You know, so we always had um anticipation that, that, that there was going to be higher interest rates uh coming to the UK. We've seen that you know inflation slowed down dra- dramatically. We're back into the three is it three percent, four percent we're we're back into, but we're quite far down. So it's looking like there may not be any more rate hikes coming to the UK, but again, just with the underperformance in the energy sector and that making up so much off the FTSE, we're just seeing the underperformance really in the in the FTSE. So probably if you're looking to take long positions in any index, it's it's probably best to avoid it. 
Yeah, uh, Microsoft really taking advantage at the moment. They are flying. Um, and again, that goes back to their, when they first come out and spoke about their kind of AI, um, that they seem to be really leading the way now. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, look, we're, we're talking about, you know, let's have a quick look here at the chart. I mean, we're trading at what, 375 now at the moment, um, all-time highs. Um, and just, again, taking advantage of that tech boom that we're, we're seeing at the moment. Yeah, look, look, that's that's what we're seeing. You know, we um, I was talking to a few guys as well over the weekend about kind of AI and, and where it's going, you know, and we said that the internet kind of, I wouldn't say the internet died last year, but something finally took over from the internet and that was AI. You know, when did the internet start? You could probably give more accurate, but the 90s, the 90s was kind of like the first thing when it came around and it was only 2022 when when it all stopped you know so there was nearly 30 years of of the internet and nothing ever really to replace it now we're starting to see the first thing actually coming out and replace it so again we're probably going to see something quite similar we're going to see crazy valuations a lot of companies do quite well we're probably then going to come into a bubble like the dot-com bubble we're going to see it all crash and burn and everybody says that it's you know it's useless i told you so i wouldn't believe in it don't buy into it. then you'll see the company the mature companies starting to come through again and you know, we'll see the boom for the next 20 years. And I think that's all we're going to see. So I think it's going to be a two-part race in terms of AI. Um, I am quite skeptical, however, of the larger companies. I mean, you know, people look at Microsoft, Google, um, Apple, these companies and say, you know, they're too big to fail, they'll never fail. These are the companies to put money into. You know, I'm sure if I asked you or, you know, you ask our parents or anybody like, like that, do you think Nokia would ever be replaced in the 90s? They'd say, hell no, you can't beat a Nokia. Sure. You know, and now... Probably anybody under the age of 18 listening to this couldn't tell you what the fuck a Nokia is. You know, yeah, you, may, you, you may see it on a building site. That's about it. Absolutely. You know, well, you used to see it in the building site for communications. Now you see it as a doorstopper. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, and look, when we see this kind of happening, obviously we, we can't, uh, we have to look at the likes of chip manufacturers, right? They're, yep. they're obviously, they're going to, they're going to be the main winners out of all of this. So certainly to keep an eye on that. Nvidia. Yep. Obviously, seeing that nice bounce, um, we we have Nvidia earnings tomorrow evening after the closing bell. So that's as well something going to be keeping an eye out on, looking at their reports. You know what they're thinking of the future. So yeah. definitely be keeping an eye out on that. It's trading right at that level now. That kind of like just below, you know, a five hundred level. Um, yeah, certainly opportunity to breach that and for further upside. Mm, definitely, it's it's had some run. I mean, you know, it's hard to believe. Kind of the you know the start of this year was at one hundred and fifty. Now though, it's all the way up there at kind of five hundred. So again, would have been an absolute you know brilliant trade if you managed to get in i mean what was it um how many percent is that i, I just can't be bothered working it out so i'm going to cheat and tell you now um 230 yeah you know yeah. that's that's some return 230 percent return in, in one stock i mean it's insane you know it's great even apple's recovered you know um everything has even even tesla did you know tesla doubled again and there was quite a lot of these large cap companies doubled you know, again, not doubled newly, but doubled again, you know? Yeah. I mean, we were seeing that slip off. Um, So it's good to see their, their, you know, risk appetite is coming back into the market again. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think one last thing I would draw people's attention to, you know, we're kind of looking at yields there again. Yields are um, kind of up um 70 basis points, which is hopefully trying to see the US 10. Well, depends on what side of the coin you're sitting on, but um, 
seeing US yields maybe getting above that 4.5% again could drive some risk um, risk appetite out of the markets. Are we going to see prices, you know, yields moving back up to 5%? If we do, that's probably where we'd see a bit of a risk-off rally. And I think that's what we're maybe going to wait and see because it wasn't that long ago yields were at 5% and a lot of um, you know, a lot of 10-year bond investors were thinking, well, shit, I've missed out on it. I'm going to wait for it to go back up there again. Um, we do actually have an auction um, this evening and that's something I was going to save for the premium. Will I save it for the premium or will I Set the podcast about auctions. Let's come on. We, we yeah. can't. <laughs> so, <laughs> one, one of the things that you know we're starting to see now, and I see a lot of people are probably wondering, you know, they see these things in the economic calendar, three-month bill auction, six-month bill auction, 20-year bond auction, all these different things. And, you know, people don't really know what they mean, but basically it's U.S. government debt that, that's been auctioned off. And, and pretty much how it works is that, you know, let's say there's a room of us who were looking to bid. You would say, well, you know, I'm going to pay 100 and I'm going to pay 98, but I'm going to buy, you know, 50 million and you're going to buy 75 million. And then, and Joe Bloggs in the corner is going to buy, you know, 125 million, but he's only prepared to pay 93. Basically, they take all this up and then they, they cut it in the middle and they try to give as many people as sure as possible, but they basically cut it in the middle. So the lower price that people want to buy at, the higher the yields go. And what we're seeing at the minute is that people are bidding very, very low for these fixed income products. And that's really what's been driving yields up so much higher. Obviously, whenever yields got to 5%, uh, we've seen a lot of people going in and bidding sort of higher prices for them, driving yields lower. But again, we could then start to see um, prices coming back in and people saying, <clears throat> sorry, people saying that, um, no, we want yields back up to 5%. We're not going to pay you know, a uh, hundred for it. We're not going to pay the part value. Maybe only want to pay ninety eight in the dollar, ninety six in the dollar, yeah. whatever it might be. And that's quick and could be something to drive yields up. So these bond auctions and bill auctions are something to um take into account now for a while. And um, we do have to just sort of see how they go. They are starting to have. They never used to have an impact on markets, but now they're starting to have a bigger impact certainly than what they did. So definitely keep an eye out, and then we'll um maybe unravel some clues, especially for those who. Um, like to do a lot of digging and research. Yeah, like yourself. <laughs> like myself. Um, dick, dickheads with nothing else to do with their life. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, Rory, yeah. uh, appreciate you taking the time, buddy, and I look forward to catching up on Wednesday for our midweek review, yeah? Sounds good. Cheers. Thanks, John. See you in the next one.